Hey, Yak, welcome back to another quarantine podcast. This ends, even if it was a long month, month one of a quarantine podcast. It's 31 days of quarantine, at least podcast room. We've had, a lot. We've had more than that. You know it. I know it. Everyone knows it. Um, hope you're doing well. We're continuing our study of the love of God. We're going to be in Philippians 2 today. So if you want to dive and move there, we're going to get there. Yesterday, I talked about the two ways that the love of God can be talked about. One is by looking at it from his attributes, right? And we can discuss it because he has given it to us in human speech, what his attributes are, even though we can't fully understand it because we are limited creatures. And the day before that, we talked about how you don't understand the love of God just in the buffet, like love is part of God in the sense of it's a composite of God because God is a simple being, but it is together with all his other attributes. So today we're talking about the eternal love of God, because if love is a definition of who God is, then it also mixed with his other attributes. And so God's love is eternal. And when we see from the very beginning of the Bible, we see these words, in the beginning God created, which tells us three very important truths. What? First one, in the beginning. That there was a beginning to the universe. When we talked about cosmology and apologetics, we talked about this. The universe had a beginning. We know this from philosophy and we know this from science now. The second thing we learned is that there is a God. He was there in the beginning. And as much as you want to try to run away from that, when we look at the data, there needs to be a creator to the universe because we do not believe that the universe could create itself. For the universe to create itself, it had to be before it existed. And we view that as a logical fallacy. It had to be and not be at the same time and in the same relationship. So we do not understand eternality to exist in that function. So there had to be a creator. And that's the last point, that God is the creator of the universe. He created the universe. So what does that have to do with the fact that God is love? Think about it. Understanding the eternality of God is important because without some understanding of this attribute, our understanding of love of God is left impoverished. You see, just as he is from everlasting to everlasting, so his love is from everlasting to everlasting. And we contrast that with the love that we have. Our love seems fickle. It's hot and cold over time. His love is constant and transcends all other human forms of love. Think about it. We talk about falling in love all the time. And likewise, you see it around you in your relationships. People fall out of love all the time. And that is not the case with God. Let me quote R.C.'s um, paragraph here, which I think is so good. If God's love is eternal, we must ask whom or what did God love from all eternity? What was the object of love? In the first instance, we see that God's eternal love had himself as both the subject and the object of his love. As the subject, God did the loving. 
Yet at the same time, he was the object of his own love. Though this love was a kind of self-love, it was by no means a selfish love. Which means from all time, the father loved the son and the son loved the father. And in the midst of that love, the spirit dwelt and God loved, the father loved the spirit and (laughs) Jesus loved this. There was this love that happened. And that's why one of the reasons we believe in the Trinity, because it almost denotes persons when God is love, because there has to be a subject and an object for love to exist. So one of the things we come to here is the covenant of redemption. Okay? Now I know that seems like a hard turn, but it's going to naturally flow out of an eternal view of God. You see, um, the covenant of redemption took place before the foundation of the universe. Within the covenant of the Godhead. Within the Trinity. The three persons of it. Listen here, I'm going to quote R.C. again. The importance of the covenant of redemption is that it precludes any notion of the members of the Godhead ever working at cross purposes, namely in contrast to each other. From all eternity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit agreed on an eternal plan of redemption. Before the world was created and before the human race fell, God knew that he would create and there would be a fall. God also knew that he would redeem his fallen creation and his fallen creatures. He knew from eternity that he would send his son into the world to accomplish the task of redemption. He also knew that together with his son, he would send the Holy Spirit into the world to apply the work of the son to the elect. Now, there's this idea in liberal theology, and really it's not just liberal theology, it goes all the way back that the father is, you know, wrathful and angry at his creation, and the son pleads with uh, the father, no, I will save them. No, this is not the case. The father, the son, and the spirit work in unity with each other so that they may love those that they have chosen to love. And we see this beautifully displayed in Philippians 2, 5 through 11. This is what it says. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus whom though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. They are in relation with each other. And in that relationship with each other, they seek relationship with you. And because God's love is eternal, it never wavers. It's been there from the beginning and it will not change from the Alpha to the Omega. It is constant. That is the God who loves you. That is the God that seeks you. Now, we can talk about that because God has given us those words in Scripture. We know that He is eternal, and we know that His covenant of redemption has been the plan 
from all time. We see that throughout the Old Testament and then the New Testament. But remember, we talked about the other day that he also displays that love allegorically in the way that the people that he creates love each other. And we're going to see that when we meet next time and talk about this in the story of Abraham and Isaac. So again, it's not just this philosophical idea of what God, God's love is, but is also displayed in his people. Hope you have a great week. Peace.